Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, we are just days away. By the time some of these, our listeners are actually listening, we might be hours away, Ryan, from kickoff of the NFL season. Oh, man, I'm excited. I am ready for it as well. I've I've talked the past few episodes about my kind of frustration with the preseason this year, and it just didn't didn't quite feel the same. So that just makes me even more ready uh, for this coming week and uh, the the big Thursday night game, and of course the first Sunday with uh, you know with a full slate for quite a while now. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna spend every Sunday night, guys, recording once again. Uh, doing instant reactions, talking about everything that we see from a dynasty perspective, how we should be reacting. But before we get to do that, Matt, we got to do this this uh, fantasy prediction, NFL prediction show that we get to do every year. The three of us uh, try to make a make a fool of ourselves trying to predict what's coming, what's coming down the turnpike here in the NFL season. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun to do this episode, but uh, I, I will say I'm generally not a prop better, <laughs> and it's I think it's evident by the results that we usually have in this, this episode. <laughs> so I'm prepared to to not do well again and to get picked apart. Well, we uh, we make fun of ourselves, but every year we make a handful <laughs> of really good picks. So we'll make sure to uh, shine a little light on what we did right last year. We're gonna first do the fantasy predictions, um, then we'll get into some NFL predictions and. Uh, and talk about what's to come here. We, you know, we spent a lot of time over the last few months, really, guys, talking about the rookies. So we might as well start there. We're going to do do fantasy rookie of the year, Ryan. Um, there's a few contenders here for sure, but if there had to be one guy for you, who's going to carry fantasy managers to championships from this rookie class? It, it feels like a pretty easy one for me, honestly. I, I went with Najee Harris. The Steelers running back. I mean, one of the storylines we've heard all offseason, uh, or, or at least since he was drafted in the first round by Pittsburgh, was the workload that he will see. And yes, that kind of goes hand in hand with a, with a subpar offensive line in Pittsburgh. But uh, he will he will just get a ton of touches. We all know that. And um, of course, that's going to lead to some big time numbers. And uh, he's being valued already as an RB1. Uh, both in August and September, according to our our ADP. I'm sorry, not only an RB one, but uh, but a first rounder in our dynasty startups. Uh, so it feels like I said, feels like a pretty easy call for me with Najee Harris as the fantasy rookie of the year. Yeah, I went with Najee Harris as well for all those reasons that you mentioned. It just seems like he's the most locked in to get 
all those opportunities. I think there's probably a case, Ryan, to be made for one of the quarterbacks. If we were talking about super flex, especially there's going to be some guys under center in week one and, and a couple more that should be under center real closely after that. Um, but I went with Harris as well. Matt, you went a different direction. So let's hear what you got on the fantasy rookie. Big, big surprise coming here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I do think you guys are right. I think Harris is the the most likely answer just because of the volume he is going to receive. But obviously, I went with Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think he's going to be the dynasty tight end one this time next year. If he's not already for, for most people, he certainly is for me. Um, but I think he's locked into that 18 to 20 percent target share. And we saw three total tight ends last season uh, get that kind of, uh, of volume and the passing offense. Uh, Atlanta is one of the most volume heavy, excuse me, volume. Uh, yeah. Volume heavy passing offenses every single year. Matt Ryan has like three straight years of 600 pass attempts. So I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Pitts. Uh, you know, maybe it is a bit of a hot take to say he's going to break the all time record set by Mike Dick all those years ago, but I think he's going to come pretty darn close to that. Yeah, there's 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 a handful of other guys probably worth considering. There's always the chance that we have one of those magical wide receiver seasons, whether that's from Jamar Chase or one of the guys from Alabama or anybody else, really, for that matter. Um, I think the safe, I think Ryan, you and I went with the safe bet for sure. Matt, maybe you you took a took a harder <laughs> stance, but um, if there's two, I think we nailed them. Those are the two that, that are probably most likely, at least if you're not going to include the quarterbacks. I put right. this agenda together every year, fellas, and, and usually we go through like sleepers and MVPs at each position. I decided to call it this year just our plant your flag at e- each position. We'll we'll go with a guy that we that we like that we think is is undervalued, a guy we are invest are, are going to invest in, we're, we think are going to take a jump. We're excited to watch play. Really, any of those reasons at every single position. And I'm going to start it off at the quarterback position. It's not kind of like your your choice there with rookie of the year, Matt, it's not going to be a surprise to many of our listeners when I plant my flag with Trey Lance, the rookie quarterback out there for San Francisco. And I know he's got the the finger issue and all the question marks, whether he's going to start right away or, or mix in right away or, or simply just sit the bench early in the season. I just love that offense, that, that Shanahan offense, the, the position he puts his quarterbacks in for success and, and Trey Lance in general, I love his talent the arm strength, the athleticism. He mixes everything that we like to have in a fantasy quarterback, the running, the the potential for scoring big points on the ground, the cannon arm, and then having the weapons and the offensive coordinator that we like. Everything is mixed in there with Trey Lance. It might take a few weeks before we really see it, but Lance is the quarterback that I want on every single one of my teams, whether it's single quarterback or super flex. Matt, how about you? You got a quarterback you're planting your flag with? Yeah, I'm looking at mine more from a value perspective. We've got Tua Tungavailoa going in the the high teens currently in, in Dynasty ADP, uh, and I just think he represents such a value proposition right now because you know, you know last season you know he had this injury marred season coming off that, that awful injury at Alabama. Uh, but if you look at his numbers, I mean he was he was coming off of like about 18.9, almost 19 points per game, which is going to be you know low in one quarterback numbers over the course of the season. And if you look at that compared to his current ADP, it just doesn't really match up and the team is better this year they have better weapons around him he's a year healthier all indications from camp is that he's playing much better than he did last season so I just think we've we've forgotten how good this guy was at Alabama and this is kind of his season to kind of capitalize on that and I think he's going to jump you know eight, eight, eight to ten spots in ADP this time next year I like both of those calls a lot and uh, agree with both of you I went with a 
a rookie quarterback like Dan did. Uh, but I went with the, with one of the cheaper ones. I went with Zach Wilson of the Jets. Uh, we've talked about him uh, on the show really throughout the um, kind of rookie draft season, I guess, uh, comparing him to Lawrence and Fields and Lance. And despite his his high draft capital being chosen second overall, he was the uh, he, he's the clear QB four out of that. And and after the news of this past week, some might even consider him the the quarterback five with with a little Matt Jones hype going on lately. Uh, so I I just like the discount you're getting on Zach Wilson. Uh, the other narrative is is just really honestly how bad the Jets have been. They're now the youngest team in the NFL, a, a major clearing of, of that house, uh, not only with the coaching staff, but just with uh, with some of the you know leftover players, I guess we could say. Um, and with uh, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, it just feels like it's it's kind of turning a new page here. I like that selection, Ryan, and he had such a strong preseason. He looked good every time we saw him on the field. Not only the the obvious things we look for, completions and big plays and th- putting the ball down the field, but he moved around in the pocket really well. He kept his eyes downfield, and with that offensive line, the question marks surrounding that whole offense, really, that's what Zach Wilson will have to do. He's going to have to extend plays and make big plays to become a fantasy asset, and I think he's going to do it. I was really impressed with Wilson. Really, I think it's probably fair to say, impressed with all the rookie quarterbacks throughout the preseason, at least those top five names. It looks like we have that crop of talent that we've been looking for at the position and Wilson, a guy that's been overlooked a little bit, and maybe even, even a guy that um, many dynasty managers have really written off, uh, man, he, he certainly belongs in that group of five rookies. Let's plant our flag with some running backs, Ryan. Why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I went with another rookie here, Javante Williams and, and kind of like Wilson, he's been uh, a little bit overlooked or pushed down a tier when, uh, when being compared to Najee Harris or or Travis Etienne, and and I really think in both redraft leagues and in dynasty, Williams has honestly kind of gotten a bump from this Etienne injury. Um, he he's kind of the next option uh, down. Whether you're in a late rookie draft, um, maybe now he's the the consensus 104, something in that range, uh, or even if you're doing a, a redraft league or a a late dynasty startup. Um, he would he would kind of be the next guy down to uh, to get that big boost and now be valued you know really well ahead of of Travis Etienne Um, thinking about his competition just just not worried about Melvin Gordon at all I'd I'd kind of said all offseason I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even make the uh, the Broncos final roster obviously he did that but still not what I view as a long-term threat Yeah, not a long-term threat, but certainly going to be on the field for the Broncos from time to time. I actually had Williams penciled in here before I switched mine, Ryan, and I I, I still like Williams. I I think he's going to have to work his way up that pecking order, and you know maybe he's more of a second half of the season type of guy. They're going to split work. um, It's certainly not going to be Javante Williams' uh, backfield to start the season. I went with somebody who, although the Denver has one of the easiest rushing schedules in the season, I've been doing a lot this week, looking at those kind of those matchups throughout the year. And, and there's a lot of great people on the, on Twitter and on the internet in general that, that work on that kind of thing, the, the strength of schedule and things like that. Denver, according to what I found on four for four, they have the third easiest rushing schedule in the NFL, including four 
what they call uh, uh, great matchups and many of them coming early in the season. So they're going to get their chance. I went with a guy that a lot of dynasty managers, I think are overlooking right now. I went with uh, Deandre Swift comes in at running back 11 right now in DLF's dynasty ADP. And that that's uh, that's higher than his ADP for redraft. Usually in the mid uh, mid RB two range, RB 17 on four for four Swift, you know, so many people are concerned about this injury, but if you if you follow closely the beat writers that are watching practice day to day, every single day it feels like I, I read a I read a tweet that says DeAndre Swift was on the field for 14 out of 17 first team snaps and scored three touchdowns or something like that. So while he hasn't been playing in the preseason, he's not missing practice. He's on the field a lot with that first team, and while Jamal Williams is a good NFL running back. He's not going to take away from what Swift is going to do. Now, there's all the concerns about a bad offense and and you know a lack of other weapons in that offense. But Swift is going to be everything that uh, that they're going to be able to do, with the exception of T.J. Hawkinson. I really think he's going to take that leap. Uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a running back one this year because they need him to be. He's going to be that 20 touch guy. And if that happens, he he's a guy I want on every single one of my fantasy teams. Last year, I had Antonio Gibson as my sleeper of the year. DeAndre Swift doesn't really count as a sleeper, but I certainly want him in my lineup every single week this season, starting in week one, because, guys, he's playing. Matt, who do you have? I, I hope he is. I mean, I I have a I have a team built around him in a redraft league, but that I don't, it's just that growing energy is scary. You know, like what happens if that lingers? Um, but I like both of those picks with Williams and Swift. I went uh, with with AJ Dillon, running back thirty three currently in August Dynasty or DLF ADP, and I just see a bigger role than than maybe we're we're letting on right now. Uh, Jamal Williams last year averaged almost eleven touches a game, and I think he can certainly fill that role. The Packers as a whole had about four. 460, 470 total running back touches. So there's room for him to get volume, uh, even in a part-time role. And we also saw him in week 16 in fantasy championships last year in a, in a game where where uh, Aaron Jones saw 12 touches of his own. Dylan had 124 rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns on 21 carries. So uh, he, I think he's the guy. I think he's the one of the keys to this team's success this year. This, you know, as well as I do, Dan, this team often has time has trouble uh, closing out games. And, and Dylan is the guy that can do that for them. So uh, it's a little bit different than Jamal Williams. Obviously, he doesn't have the pass catching chops, really, really almost none at all, uh, at least in terms of what he's done on the field. Uh, But I think he's going to have a big role in that running back 33 ADP feels pretty low to me right now. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that were Aaron Jones to go down with injury. He could leap all the way up into that that running back one category and a guy that we can, we can really start to depend on week in and week out. Let's go over to wide receivers. Um, Ryan, why don't you kick us off with wide receivers? Because I like where you went here. You 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 dug a little deeper than maybe I was thinking. Go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, well, I had to dig a little deeper because uh, you stole my guy. I okay. Won't, I, I, I won't spoil who that is, but uh, I I tried not to have any overlap with with you fellas. So I, I went a different direction. Uh, yet another rookie, uh, Terrace Marshall here. Uh, I think it's it's easy to slot him into Carolina. And, and say if he just gives us Curtis Samuel numbers from a year ago, we would be happy with that, and we certainly would. Samuel was in that uh, low-end wide receiver two range, as was uh, both DJ Moore and uh, and Robbie Anderson as well. So um, from that standpoint, the competition, even though there's, there's three solid wideouts on that team, competition doesn't really worry me. It's still one of those offenses 
we love to chase. Of course, the um, kind of the looming shadow there is Christian McCaffrey coming back and and how much, uh, how many targets does he demand? Um, does he does he kind of go back to that same workload he had uh, prior to the injury last year? So, uh, but but regardless, I still like uh, I still like the value Marshall is offering. Uh, both long-term and short-term. And uh, I, I kind of think Robbie Anderson's uh, 2020 season might be a little bit of a fluke. So I, I, I like Marshall there is, is really the wide receiver too behind DJ Moore. Matt, how about you? Is there a guy for you that you're planting your flag with at the wideout position? Yeah, you kind of stole my guy as well, Dan. So I oh, think okay. all three of us are, are on him. Then, huh? Yeah, and and honestly, I, I'll just, I'm not going to spoil the name, but uh, these second year wide receivers group, uh, I think it's a little bit harder to see. You know, maybe if you really squint to see guys like Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs, you know, making the leap in year two. Uh, but the the trio for me is is uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, the guy you picked, and then the guy that I picked, LaVisca Chenault. I just think that he offers the the highest upside of any receiver on that team. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is there, and we're looking for, uh, you know, maybe even a big week one and against one of the best matchups against Houston. Uh, so that that breakout might start early for, for LaVisca Chenault. He's probably going to get carries out of the backfield, too, uh, in this kind of hybrid role that Urban Meyer likes to likes to run. So wide receiver 44 and, and, and redraft ADP right now, that feels like a, a screaming bargain to me. Uh, I think mid thirties and and dynasty ADP. So these these this trio of second year wide receivers, I think we're going to be talking about uh, much higher uh, this time next season. Yeah, and the guy that you both referred to and and that you were missing in that that uh, group of three there, Matt, is Chase Claypool from the Steelers. Uh, it, it seems like it's a clean sweep. Maybe I was the first one to to put a name down, but Claypool he he already showed it this year. Is the thing we we saw that in the Hall of Fame game, that big catch, and he he had the injury scare. Didn't play quite as much after that, but all indications are he is ready to go. I think he's ready to become that number one receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the guy that's counted on not only in the red zone and on big third downs, but also as that deep deep threat, right? He's going to be the guy going down the sideline and making those big plays. As long as Ben Roethlisberger has the arm strength and and can hang in there in the pocket for, for long enough for Claypool to get open downfield, he's going to have so many big games. And He's still really undervalued. And I have to imagine, Ryan, it's probably because there's these other two weapons on the outside in Pittsburgh. So people are feeling there might be a little bit of murky water as to who's going to get the ball and when. For me, it's Claypool and Claypool and Claypool every time. Yeah, I I get the concern uh, with, with the competition. I mean, if you look at our ADP, dynasty managers in general are not sure how to go with this as well because Chase Claypool is wide receiver 21, Juju Smith-Schuster is 22, and Deontay Johnson is 23. So um, just, just kind of lump them in there together. And that's that's similar to how they finished last year as well, all in that, uh, again, low-end wide receiver two range, kind of like the Panthers trio. Uh, but I'm with you. When I think about upside, uh, uh, both – short-term and long-term upside, it is Chase Claypool that I want. Uh, he's wide receiver 21, as I said in our ADP. He's my wide receiver 10. So this is a guy I want on every single team. For sure. Uh, let's jump over to the tight end position. Matt, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, all right. So I went with TJ Hawkinson, uh, Detroit tight end. This is, you know, cue the me talking about being a top top one or two target on your team if you're a tight end and you want to finish as a top six tight end. Currently the tight end six uh, and redraft ADP. And 
we, we're, we're just talking about there's no one else to catch the ball there outside of DeAndre Swift. You know, I, I like Quintez Cephas a lot. Uh, Tyrell Williams had a, had a good season uh, for the Chargers uh, several seasons ago, but they cut Brashad Perriman. There's just no one there. Hawkinson is going to be the primary focus of this passing offense. Uh, so at tight end six, that to me feels like a value. I think there's an argument to, to take him over guys like Kittle, probably not Waller and probably not uh, Kelsey. And for me, not for Pitts, but I think Hawkinson is, is, is is in the conversation as that next guy uh, just simply because of the role he's going to have in 2021. Matt, I know we switched things up, um, but last year you had, you, we, under your sleeper category, you had Logan Thomas. That one certainly paid off. Hawkinson, we're, we're hoping, probably finishes better than tight end six for this one to be a win. Ryan, how did you do? What did you do here with your tight end to explain your play? Well, the tight end position is pretty rough right now. I mean, it, it's always rough, it seems like, but we've we've lost Irv Smith now for the year. Evan Ingram's banged up early. Adam Troutman is banged up early. So it's it's tough to find that sleeper. I went with uh, I went with Tyler Higby. Uh, of course, we saw him have a huge uh, end of season, I guess, in 2019, and then kind of failed to to live up to that last year. Had Gerald Everett there as, as competition, of course. With Everett gone, with Matt Stafford in town, uh, I, I love this Rams offense, and I think Higby can be a big, uh, a big beneficiary of that. Yeah, I, I actually thought about making Higby my selection here as well. I actually went, flipped over to Mark Andrews, and I know he's relatively high. He's either ranked number four or five, depending on which whose rankings you look at, what ADP you look at as well. I just think that considering all the all the lack of weapons, I guess, in Baltimore, and that even changed even more recently with the J.K. Dobbins injury, there's, there's only a couple guys we can count on, and it's Lamar Jackson and it's Mark Andrews. At least that feels that way. To me, he's going to be a big red zone threat once again. He should be used all over the field. I really feel like he's going to revert back to a couple of years ago uh, when Mark Andrews was was part of the conversation as one of those top few tight ends. And, uh, and it's probably going to be touchdown dependent. He's probably going to have to hit double dig- digits in that department. But I, honestly, guys, I think he will. I think he has a chance to finish as a top three tight end and maybe even higher than that, considering the lack of weapons there in Baltimore. So I'll plant my flag with Mark Andrews, which is a new thing for me. I've, I've always kind of stayed away from that four and five tight ranked tight end, uh, just thinking they were all ranked a little bit too high. I think this is the year. How about we jump, we, we switch things up just a little bit, guys. Let's go with fantasy bust of the year. This is a fun one. I... I looked high, I looked low, and finally, I took the easy way out, probably. I took Mike Davis, guys, and I know it's the easy way out. He's the running back 21 in in redraft ADP, comes in right around there in dynasty ADP as well. I went with Davis because there are way too many people, I think, depending on him to be an RB2 for him this season. I know there's nobody else there. They, They had to sign Wayne Gallman, I think it was, this week uh, to try to try to fill in their RB2 spot. They're not going to be running the football there in, in Atlanta. Any any offense they have comes through Calvin Ridley and Pitts, uh, also the other receivers there in Atlanta. It's not going to be Mike Davis. Sure, he'll have some weeks. He really struggled down the stretch last year. I can't believe an NFL team went into an offseason and, and uh, identified Mike Davis as the savior at running back for their position. 
and kept it that way for the entire year. Didn't draft anybody, didn't bring anybody else in free agency. That seems like a massive, massive, massive uh, mistake by the Atlanta front office. He's he's going to be a disappointment if you're if you're thinking you're getting RB two numbers out of him. Ryan, you you aimed a little higher with your bust of the year. Where do you go? I went a little bit higher. I, I will say on Davis, I I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit um, it, from the Falcons' standpoint. I mean, this team is not ready to compete, even with the moves that they've made this offseason, um, or maybe you could say because of the moves they've made this offseason, um, moving on from Julio Jones, spending that early pick on on a tight end, even one as great as, as Kyle Pitts. But they're not contending this year. They're not contending anytime soon. We say on this show all the time, if you're rebuilding a dynasty team, running back should be that last priority. So, I mean, they didn't give Mike Davis huge money and, and certainly didn't give Wayne Gallman big money. I kind of like the the, the Band-Aid approach to the position. And again, if Mike Davis stays healthy all year, he will be an RB2. It, it might be ugly along the way. And, and tr- you know, you're going to have those down weeks, like you said. But uh, big picture, I'm okay with it, uh, especially from the Falcons standpoint. Uh, my guy, yeah, I aimed quite a bit higher. I went with Saquon Barkley here. I'm just really getting worried about this Giants team, honestly. Um, and I think it, it could all fall apart very easily. I don't think we have to stretch to see that at all between uh, Daniel Jones' struggles, uh, really bad offensive line, uh, questionable uh, coaching staff, especially uh, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Uh, and, and Barkley's injury issues. I'm not sure he's fully healthy yet. And even if he is fully healthy, I don't have confidence that he'll last a full season. Um, he, he's a guy I think falls out of the first round of 2022 Dynasty ADP. I went with uh, Derrick Henry for, for, for a lot of reasons. We're going to talk about these first round running backs coming up pretty soon. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just running back four in terms of uh, redraft ADP, running back seven in August uh, dynasty ADP. And, uh, you know, I think he is going to get the volume again, but I just have reservations about this offense in general, the heavy touch load, all of that stuff. So uh, if he if he gets literally one injury, his his value in dynasty is, you know, drops, what, two rounds, three rounds, maybe more than that uh, for a 27 year old guy. So, uh, you know, he might not bust necessarily from a volume standpoint. Uh, but I just think that he's going to be much less productive in uh, this season. He, he, you know, as we know, he had over 2,000 yards last season, and he still did not finish as the running back one. So when that happens, uh, there's nowhere to go but down, in my opinion. All right, so we need to go with a sleeper now. Can be at any position. Um, Matt, I really want you to kick this one off because I like your choice. Yeah, I went with Rondale Moore, and I just kind of feel like he's going to be, especially in PPR leagues, just kind of a cheat code. You know, he may have a, a you know an A dot of less than five yards, maybe even less than that. Lots of uh, targets near the line of scrimmage, but wide receiver seventy and in, in uh, redraft ADP that just feels ridiculous to me. Uh, a, a value, I think, in that format. And in dynasty formats, I think he's still being a little bit undervalued uh, as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, if he sees 80, 90 targets in the, that, as, as like a floor, I, I just think that he's going to blow through that ADP and we're going to be talking about him much higher next season. Uh, but behind DeAndre Hopkins, of course, but A.J. Green, I don't think any of us really have too much faith in him. Uh, uh, Christian Kirk is still, you know, intriguing, but he hasn't really put it together for a full season yet. So I think Moore is ready to take over uh, that wide receiver two, two role, uh, at least from a production standpoint. 
Yeah, I like that. That offense is made for multiple wide receivers to make a fantasy impact. We we all want to invest in that and getting Rondell Moore right now. It might be our last chances chance to get one of those price tags like you were talking about. I went with Marquez Callaway. I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I got Ryan on this one too. I'm not sure about that. Uh, he's wide receiver 51 in redraft ADP. And I like him for the obvious reasons, not only for shining in the preseason and looking like he had a nice connection with his quarterback there, also because Michael Thomas is banged up. He's going to miss, what, at least six weeks, maybe a half a season, maybe even more than that. It, it You know, it, everything surrounding him does not seem good. Outside of him, the only other wide receiver that makes the top 100 in redraft ADP right now is Traquan Smith, who comes in in the 80s. So Marquez Callaway, who's 51, and, and showed out well in the preseason and, and has the quarterback that likes to push the ball down the field. And honestly, guys, I really think they're going to, uh, that, that team is going to need to catch up. They're going to need to throw the ball in, in these, er, in the early part of this football season. And Callaway is going to be the guy at the other end catching the football. Uh, I'll take Callaway on every one of my dynasty teams, all my redraft teams as well, because he's so, so cheap, Ryan. Yeah, you did get me with Callaway. I'm glad for I sure. filled this that, out that, first. <laughs> yeah, you definitely would have been my choice. I've I've been uh, been a little bit of a believer in Callaway, and, and the Michael Thomas news of the past uh, few weeks has has definitely made me feel even stronger about that. Um, I I once again dug a little deeper, and once again went with a rookie here, Diami Brown of the Washington Football Team. Uh, Washington made a ton of moves this offseason. I think almost all of them were uh, good moves ultimately for their team. Uh, signing Ryan Fitzpatrick was a big one. Uh, they also brought in uh, Curtis Samuel. And, you know, Carolina tried to make Curtis Samuel that deep threat. That never worked. He, he did not have success uh, when they tried to, to fit him into that role. Uh, that's what Diami Brown can do. He's the deep threat guy. He averaged over 20 yards per catch. Uh, in back-to-back years at North Carolina and and has drawn comparisons to Will Fuller. So I I think he brings something to this team, even though they have McLaurin, they have Curtis Samuel, they have um, Logan Thomas and and one of these running backs catching balls, hopefully Antonio Gibson. So even though it's going to be crowded, I think Brown offers something that that the rest of his – his teammates don't. And uh, so I like him as that dark horse. Yeah, he's a dark horse for sure. And certainly fits in as a sleeper candidate. I like where you went there. You're picking a lot of uh, rookies. First time for you, Ryan. You never you never go with the rookies, right? Yeah, so, so weird. <laughs> Every year we do the fantasy MVP, guys. And it was a clean sweep. We all, we all stuck with CMC this season. Uh, I think we could probably just glance by it. Everybody knows why CMC is the number one pick in redraft the number one pick in Dynasty, and the number one pick of these analysts to be the fantasy MVP. Ryan, you nailed the Alvin Kamara pick last year. Probably pretty accurate with that one. Hopefully CMC stays healthy because he's uh, he's got that number one overall upside, obviously. Instead, let's talk Dark Horse fantasy MVP. Last year, I picked Jonathan Taylor here, which if you remember back, there was the, all the Marlon Mack stuff, and we weren't sure. And then and then Taylor got off to kind of a slow start and came on strong at the end. So while he may not have been the MVP, he certainly carried dynasty managers and fantasy manager, managers in general to championships, to playoffs, all those good things. I went back with DeAndre Swift here for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier. He's going to be the guy in Detroit that I want on every one of my teams because because he's all they got Ryan you went with a second year running back as well a guy that I considered I like your choice 
Yeah, went back to the Washington football team with Antonio Gibson here. He has creeped into the uh, late first round of our uh, dynasty startup ADP, and, and I think for good reason. Uh, again, we're, we're seeing some running backs in that range get injured, lose value, uh, Cam Akers and, and um, J.K. Dobbins specifically. So that, that helps Gibson's value. Uh, but then when you think about his on-field performance, I already talked about um, how I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a boost for this offense overall. That's that's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, I, I expect Gibson to see a, a pretty significant uptick in uh, work as a receiver as they, they kind of go away from J.D. McKissick, who, who was fine, but nothing special ultimately. Uh, I think it could be Gibson who... Uh, honestly could be as high as RB two or three overall this year. Like that pick Ryan. And uh, my guy is, is kind of like the, the, in terms of concerns is kind of the reverse of Antonio Gibson with Gibson. We're, we're hoping that he gets that receiving role that we thought he was going to be locked into in year one. Uh, my guy, Austin Eckler is going to be locked into the re- receiving role, but is he going to get some kind of goal line role? And that's really the, the, the crux of the problem with him. If he does get that goal line role, then we're talking about somebody who could easily finish as a top five running back in, uh, in 2021, uh, last season, only one rushing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns. He did only play 10 games, uh, with that, with that injury that he had. Uh, but we saw him, uh, average about eight targets a game, uh, about six and a half receptions a game over a hundred total yards per game. Uh, so in PPR leagues, he's, you know, he's, he's almost locked in as that fringe running back one. And if he does end up getting those goal, that goal line work and increase those touchdowns, then, uh, we're looking at something special, I think this season. Yeah, I think there's a lot of us that are counting on Austin Eckler to be a big part of our fantasy uh, title dreams this season. Eckler certainly qualifies. Last thing we should talk about before we jump into our NFL predictions, guys, we need a hot take from each one of us. Matt, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I didn't pick him for any of the superlative rewards that we handed out earlier in the show, but uh, Trey Lance and or Justin Fields will finish as a top five fantasy running back in, in 2021. Both of them are amazing uh, with, with their legs. They're going to be giving us all kinds of production on the ground. Uh, Trey Lance, I think, is a legitimate threat once he finally starts a full season. Uh, may not be this year, but once he does, I think he's going to be a threat every year to hit that 1,000-yard uh, mark as a quarterback. Uh, and, uh, you know, once he takes over that role this year, I don't think he needs a full season as a starter to, to hit those numbers uh, in terms of where he's going to land amongst quarterbacks. And then Justin Fields, the same thing. I think a little bit more polished as a passer. We know the the deep accuracy that he has and, and the running that he exhibited in the preseason uh, is going to help one of those two guys, I think, going to get inside that top five in this uh, in 2021. Yeah, if you wouldn't have put the word or in there, then it would have been super hot. <laughs> you know, if, it, if you say Trey Lance Both and of Justin them. Fields yeah, I could have... top five, then that's a hot take, buddy. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how about you? Uh, I, well, first of all, I hate hot takes. Like, yeah, yeah, we, I know. We should have left this out. Come on. This no, that's not... why I put it in here because you hate it so much. <laughs> this is not our specialty, and I, I did not. This is trash. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I did not go, I didn't go very hot here, but I kind of went boring. I went with one of these players that's always undervalued. Uh, Chris Carson will be an RB1 this season. And, and again, it's, it's not really a hot take because uh, this is, this is what he's done. He's been an RB1 in 37% of his games over his career. He's been an RB2 in also 37% of his games. So even when he hasn't finished in the top 12, he has still been very consistent and he kind of gets a bad rap because he's, he's boring or because um, 
you know, he was, he was a late round draft pick or, or whatever it might be. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, he has had a little bit of an injury history, but I think that's probably been overstated uh, throughout his career. So I love Chris Carson's value this year, both in, in, especially in dynasty redraft lately. I think people started to figure this out. We, we saw him going in the, in the second round of a lot of these redraft leagues um, that, that have been taking place here just in the past couple of weeks. So uh, people are definitely catching on, but I, I think he's locked in as a, as a top 12 running back this year. Fantasy managers have been trying to replace Chris Carson in Seattle mm-hmm. for three seasons. It feels like, well, that's uh, the other thing. Never he, get over it. Yeah. And in, in Seattle, it, I guess they've kind of been trying to replace him as well. I mean, they used a, a first round pick on Rashad Penny that didn't really work out, but uh, it hasn't yet at least, but ultimately he sees a huge workload uh, on a weekly basis. They're, they're not trying to replace him once uh, you know, once they're suiting up and it's game time. Yeah. I, I don't mind that pick at all. I went with another veteran guy. I took Antonio Brown and I'm going to take him as a top 15 finisher at wide receiver in 2021 guys. He comes in at wide receiver 36 in redraft ADP wide receiver 55 in dynasty 117 overall four touchdowns in his final three games last season, more targets in games played with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, where all three were on the field, more targets per game, more air yards per game as well. He's, he's, overlooked it seems like and he has the connection with Tom Brady we we all want to push him down the list because he's in his 30s and all those things but he's not one of them wide receivers that that depend on freakish skills uh being bigger bigger being faster than anybody else he's always been the guy that can get separation he's going to continue to do that and because of all those other weapons they can't focus in on him Antonio Brown's going to catch a lot of passes this year in a full season with Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay offense and he's going to finish real high in our fantasy uh fantasy points scored per game categories throughout 2021 Guys, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Bite. They are the fastest growing fantasy site in the world. Instead of spending your time building elaborate salary cap rosters or competing against professional players, you can explore unique, fun, easy to play games like more or less, Knockout Kings, Eagle Eye, Goal Rush, or Touchdown Dance. Any of, any of the major sports you can play as well, such as the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, as well as UFC, NASCAR, golf, soccer, and various college sports without competing against all the sharks right now you can open a new monkey knife fight account make an initial deposit and get a full year of dlf premium for free on top of that if you use the promo code dlf monkey knife fight is going to match that deposit 100 doubling your initial funds simply log on to dynastyleaguefootball.com click on the image for monkey knife fight and follow the instructions to get started and get all that free stuff Today, how about some NFL MVP or uh, predictions, guys? And we'll start at MVP. I didn't want to go with the common one. I wasn't going to take Aaron Rodgers. I, I tried to stay away from Patrick Mahomes, so I took Matthew Stafford, guys. I, lo- I love that Rams offense. The MVP, it, it, you guys will pick quarterbacks as well. It always goes to a quarterback, right? And we need somebody to suddenly throw forty-five touchdowns, something like that. And if there's a guy that's going to a dark horse guy for that. I think it's Stafford going to the new offense with the new creative play caller, something he has never had in his career. He's got all the talent, got all the weapons. I'll take Stafford to win the MVP this season. And, you know, the the betting line on Stafford to win the MVP, it, you can make some big money on this one. I, I don't do a lot of those prop bets, like I said, other than what I play on Monkey Knife Fight. 
But man, if I was going to take a dark, dark horse MVP, it'd be Stafford. Yeah, I like the Stafford call a lot. I'll, I'll talk about that team a little bit more later probably, but uh, I'm with you. I think Stafford might just show us how bad Jared Goff has really been over the past couple of years. I'm not sure we we realized that. Uh, I did not stay away from Patrick Mahomes. I went with the chalk here, or at least what I view as the chalk. Uh, I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. I think uh, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, so that made it pretty easy. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I went with Russell Wilson. Uh, I think if we had stopped the NFL season after like week five last season, there would have been no doubt that Wilson was the the, the locked in MVP. And then we know what happened over the course of the second half of the season. But they brought in uh, the previous Rams passing game coordinator, who's probably going to bring this, uh, you know, this quick hitting, uh, quick short passes. They brought in an extra receiver for him. Uh, they brought in another tight end. It just really feels like Russell Wilson has gotten everything that he wants uh, this off season, and that they're. I, I know it's I know it's a tough tough thing to swallow but i really think that this is the year that they start running this offense through uh russell wilson so if that happens i think he's going to be the mvp all right how about the playoff teams let's uh let's jump into the afc teams we'll start uh there were four four teams that were selected by all three of us the chiefs the bills the ravens and the browns come so it comes down to the last three teams i think if there's a a top team there guys i, I had to take AFC South teams because all those teams get to play the Jaguars twice and the Texans twice. So I think the Titans will win that division. It feels like they have the best offense in that division. feels like they're at least close to the best defense in the division. So I think they'll win the division. And then I also took the Colts to, to get the last wild card spot. Uh, my final wild card spot goes to the Dolphins. So outside of the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, and Browns, Ryan, who do you got making it out of the AFC? Yeah, I went with the Titans as well as the uh, AFC South champion um, for for a lot of the reasons you said. I, honestly, I think they're far and away the best team in that division. I uh, I think the Colts are a team that that are just is just going to fall apart. We've kind of seen um, glimpses of that already with with injury scares and COVID issues, and uh, I mean they their wide receiver core is terrible. I, I I do not like the Colts this year. You do make a good point on the schedule that uh, that that division schedule is pretty friendly to them overall, but I don't think it's enough to put them into the playoffs. So along with the Titans, I also have the uh, Patriots and the Chargers as my uh, as my final two. Just really excited to see the Chargers' offense this year, um, and we'll we'll see if the defense can catch up a little bit and. And really with that team, it's always all about health. They, they always seem to get hit hard with injuries. If, if they can avoid that, I think they're in the playoffs. Matt, how about you? I think the only team that I have different uh, when we combine all of, of, of yours and Ryan's is, is the Colts. Uh, <laughs> I know Ryan just dumped on them pretty hard, but I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, you know, T Y Hilton injury is, 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 you know, concerning, I guess, but was he really going to contribute that much other than kind of a decoy weapon? I'm not sure about that. You've talked about how good Jonathan Taylor is uh, and Carson Wentz looks like he's going to play week one and he's had his best success with uh, his current coach. So uh, I don't know. I have more faith, I guess, uh, and a little bit, less faith in the faith in the Titans. So he's the, the Colts are really the only team that I picked uh, to go to the playoffs from that division. Uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, we've seen Mac Jones now in the preseason. Yeah, it's the preseason, but he looks he looks pretty locked in and somebody that I maybe all of us, in fact, were a little bit wrong on. 
uh, coming out of the draft. So, uh, and, and I just want to trust in Bill Belichick. I don't want to, but I feel like I have to uh, with that team and the defense that uh, they've built on that team to go with uh, the new quarterback. So, um, yeah, that's it. In the NFC, guys, we we had a clean sweep of six teams where where all three of us took the Buccaneers, Packers, Rams, Cowboys, 49ers, and the Washington football team. The differences come in with the seventh team, and I went with the Minnesota Vikings. I like their defense. They have all the offensive weapons. There are questions on the offensive line. But once again, it's another team that plays in a division where they have to play the Bears twice and the Lions twice. So – the Vikings play a easier schedule than many of the other fringe playoff teams. The other teams that you think of immediately, you know, I already have the Rams and the 49ers in. It would be easy to say the Seahawks, probably the Cardinals as well. But those teams have to beat up on each other all season long as well. I, I'm nervous about the 49ers, but I think the Vikings are the seventh best team in the conference. So that's who I slid in as my final playoff team. Ryan, who do you have as number seven? Yeah, I did go with the Seahawks as that as that last team. Um, can't say I'm too confident in them. Uh, and you make again a good a good argument with the schedule that they do have to play San Francisco and and the Rams uh, multiple times. But ultimately, this is just a team that always always seems to find a way to compete and and sneak into the playoffs. Um, and and as Matt was talking about with their change in offensive coordinator, I am excited to see. Uh, how that works out, and hopefully that does lead to to more passing uh, and consistently throughout the season, not just the first eight weeks. Matt, you went the Seahawks as well. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that uh, for all the reasons Ryan said. I just think Russell Wilson is is really good. We talk about uh, you know the the last dance, quote unquote, with the Packers and Rodgers. You know, it, it feels like it could be this be a similar situation with Wilson, uh, and so they're giving him what he wants and hoping that what he wants is going to get him to that next level again. So uh, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks over the Vikings. Yeah, I went back and forth between the Niners and Seahawks as the second team coming out of that division and went with the 49ers. It's probably just my Trey Lance love that. That did that too. Well, the Niners have like I think on paper the easiest schedule in the entire league. So right. Yeah. It's tough. To, it's tough to get them out of there. I can't believe that because because of that tough schedule. You know, none of us really even mentioned the Cardinals, and they're going to be a tough team to beat all season long because of that offense. So those teams have have a rough go at it because they're going to be beating up on each other all year long. Let's pick our Super Bowl teams. Matt and I went the same way. Ryan had one of the. Teams that Matt and I had. So Ryan, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, like I said earlier, I think I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Obviously, some offensive line uh, issues exposed in the Super Bowl, but I think they've uh, worked and made that a priority this offseason. So I went with the Chiefs to represent the AFC, uh, and I went with uh, with the Rams in the NFC. I said earlier, I'm really excited to see Stafford in this offense. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Jared Goff has been holding back that team and holding back Sean McVay. So I'm ready to see uh, Woods and Cup. I, I hate that we, you know, we lost Cam Akers. It, it could have been a really, really unbelievable run and, and group of uh, fantasy producers there. But um, nonetheless, I'm still still all in on this Rams team this year. Yeah, I like that pick for sure. If I wouldn't have gone with the Packers at an NFC, I would have gone with the Rams for all those reasons that you mentioned. Matt, you said last dance, all those things. 
one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best wide receivers, one of the best running backs. I know a lot of people have a problem with their offensive line, but they did a lot to address those needs, even with Bakhtiari banged up. And then on the defensive side, again, one of the best pass rushes on the outside, Those that, that group of three pass rushers, one of the best corners in the league as well with Jair Alexander, and then one of the best safety duos in the league. So while the defense probably isn't dominating or anything like that, it feels like the Packers are the, are the team to beat. I know the Buccaneers are going to be a tough out, but as a Packer fan, I got to take my team this year if this is it with Rodgers. Is that why why you did it too, Matt? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, if we get to the, the NFC Championship and lose again, I'm just like, it's, it's like the Buffalo Bills, but worse, right? Like, one step worse. So, uh, this is it. I think we're going to have a tough time as Packer fans after this season if if Rodgers, in fact, does does leave. Um, so, uh, we, we, we got, I, I can't pick any other team than them right now. I just, like you said, the offense is fantastic. The defense is better than it's been in many years. Um, so, the only thing that can stop them is, is, is maybe a defense like the Buccaneers years or another like Brandon Bostic kind of situation where just everything goes wrong at the end of the oh, game. I hope you're right. and, and, and like I said, with Dylan, like I or feel like GM. we have, we have a closer or the GM. Yeah. But I just feel like we have the closer this, this season, uh, which we haven't really had in the past. So uh, hopefully it happens. So I mean, the, we all real, have the chiefs. Don't go ahead. Sorry, Dan. The real question there is if it plays out, like you guys project, would that still be the last dance? Or, well, we can predict. That's that what I'm saying. Yeah. Or would no. they? Would they? <laughs> would they run it back in that case? I, I would feel hope like, so. I hope so, but I also feel like Rogers is just going to be like, "Look, I I did this despite everything. Uh, make make the choice. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to go do it again with a different team." Um, Super Bowl champs. I took the Packers. Matt took the Packers. Ryan, you went with the Chiefs. I. It feels gross. None of us picked the Bills. I really want to get on the Bills Mm. bandwagon to get to the Super Bowl. You know, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs, but that Bills team is so good in that passing game. If they can keep it going through January, it's going to be a tough out in the playoffs. We have a few minutes, guys, so let's talk quickly. Get back on the dynasty uh, landscape a little bit. How about a player we're buying on every dynasty roster? Let's try to get it through, through this quickly. Matt, who do you got? You know how it is. It, it's, it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, I know he's expensive. I know he's going to cost you an arm and a leg if you didn't get him in your rookie draft. Uh, but I've made moves like tra- trading Ka- Travis Kelsey straight up earlier this offseason. Uh, I'm just willing to put you know as many eggs in that basket. If I'm on a contending team, uh, if it's a move that's not going to take me out of contention, I'm going to make the trade uh, pretty much no matter what it costs. And on a rebuilding team, uh, again, whatever it takes, if I'm not, if I'm not planning on competing this year and I have a little bit of reservations with pits in year one, which I don't, uh, then again, I'm just making whatever move I can to, to get this guy on my roster. Ryan, you're going to get your guy here. Who is it? I am going to get my guy, Chase Claypool. Uh, we, we all talked about him earlier. Um, again, a, a pretty big gap in where he's ranked in ADP or, or consensus rankings and where I have him. Uh, so definitely a guy I would be targeting. I was going to tell Matt earlier regarding uh, Kyle Pitts. I meant to meant to share this when you were mentioning him uh, a, a few moments ago. In our latest September ADP, it's not complete yet, not on the site yet, but uh, we, we've got a little bit of data. He is the tight end one in Dynasty ahead of Travis Kelsey, and he's a second rounder. Oh my goodness! I told you, I told you, Ryan. Then one of our recent mocks, like at one hundred and two, I, I kind of want to just pull the trigger. And the only reason why I didn't because I knew that he would come back in the second. Because uh, after McCaffrey, it just feels like such a cliff. Like all of those older running backs are just 
I don't want to take any of them. And I don't need to take one of those older receivers there because I'm going to get a, a younger and maybe close to the same upside in round two. So after CMC, like I really feel like he's in conversation. And I know that sounds crazy because he's a tight end, but that's where I'm at. It's getting more mainstream, Matt. There, you're not the only one uh, pounding mm. the table for for pits that high in drafts. I went with CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one in ADP this time next year. I, he's going to blow up starting in week one. He's got Dak now. They're going to have a running game. They're going to run play action off of that. And CeeDee Lamb is just a technician out there. He's going to be wide open all the time. Nobody will be able to stop him. Even with those other options there in Dallas, it's the CeeDee Lamb show. How about a player we're going to sell all over? I'm going to take Kelsey here, Matt. You mentioned his name just a minute ago, but we're, we're all still considering him the the lock to finish the season at tight end one, and he's done it for so long. And yeah, there's the switch to Pitts, but we can still get that value, and it's rare to get that that kind of elite value for a guy who's 31, about to play his thir- age 32 season. I think I think you've got to take the shot. Last chance to get rid of Kelsey. Even on a contender, I'm looking for the youth. I'm, I'm trying to move on from Travis Kelsey. Ryan, how about you? There were so many options here that I had to cheat a little bit. You just put them all? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> sell sell everyone. Um, but looking again at our latest ADP, it starts with five running backs. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I'm not sure any of those are top five picks this time next year. So I would be selling all of them at that value. I like that. It's hard to do if you consider yourself a contender to move on from a guy like Kamara or especially CMC. But all those names are guys we're excited to put in our lineup here this coming week. It's hard to sell them right now for sure. Yeah, and I, I I wanted to take Ryan's answer honestly, but I narrowed it down to two guys: Cook and Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. And and I think the theme for all of these answers, honestly, is it, it's the get out a year early, right? Tavis Kelsey is never going to have more value than he has uh, right now. Uh, his the, the distance between him and the tight end two last season was just incredible, and I just think that he's going to fall back to the pack just a little bit this year, uh, and he's not going to have that same uh, the quite the same. I don't think he's his value is going to go in the tank or anything, uh, but he's not going to have the the tight in one value that he has right now ahead of everybody else so get rid of cook get rid of henry get rid of kelsey uh you know unless you are like a locked in number one seed like that's the only scenario where i I feel like you can't have that answer well the good thing about this discussion is this is the time to make this is the time you can make those moves and and actually profit and get a deal you like if you're trying to sell these types of players in january or february it's it's possible, but you're not you're not going to get a great deal. We said last week we kind of hit that window and and we go into redraft mode uh, or redraft mindset. So now's the time that teams that think they're are contenders are going to pay for Kelsey or or the running backs that are uh, a little bit older. Yeah, and look we. We, look, we saw what happened with Cam Akers and Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins. Like if those same things happened to, to Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry and even to some extent Travis Kelsey, like that's it. Like you're 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 holding those. It's a sunk cost. You're not going to be anywhere near uh, maybe even not a first round pick for, for any of these guys. Yeah, good point for sure. Last thing we should touch on, guys, who's going to be the one on one in Dynasty in 12 months, Matt? Look, I'm sticking with Christian McCaffrey. I know he's going to be a year older. He's going to be young, uh, older than all of these other young running backs that are coming up. But if he puts up another thousand yard rushing, thousand yard receiving season with you know 85, 90 catches, like I just feel like it's going to happen again for uh, for him in terms of his value a year from now. Ryan, it's got to be a running back, right? 
we're, we're building around running backs that it, there's nothing that shows us that's going to change anytime soon. So who's your RB you're taking at one one in 12 months? Yeah, I still think it's a running back and, and I get the reason you would, you would stick with McCaffrey because I don't think there's, I don't think there's a clear um, guy knocking on that door. You know, it certainly could have been Barkley. It, it could still be Jonathan Taylor. He's the one Oh two right now. Uh, I went with a little bit of a, a, of a deeper play, still a late first rounder currently Antonio Gibson to be the 101 in startup drafts next year. Yeah, and he he's one of those guys that has the potential. If he gets the role like CMC, which isn't that far-fetched, he could easily take over that, that number one spot. I went with Jonathan Taylor. You mentioned that he's at number two right now. I've been saying it all off season. As long as he gets two or three targets a game, he belongs in that conversation right at the top with Christian McCaffrey and the others. I really wanted to go with DeAndre Swift. I am on the DeAndre Swift uh, bandwagon for this year. I know it's a horrible team. I know all those things. DeAndre Swift is so good. I wanted him last year in rookie drafts. I'm so glad I have him on the few teams that I do right now. Guys, we are feels like minutes away from the NFL kicking off. We're going to be watching our guys. We're going to be we're going to be putting up points on scoreboards. Uh, the next time we talk to all of you, we will be reacting to Week One in the NFL regular season. So for Ryan and Matt, we're done with the off season. I'm Dan. This has been the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next time.